What's up, guys? How's everybody doing today? I hope you're doing well. You're listening to Daily Drives. I'm your host, Jason Cremines. As always, you can find me on Instagram at the official Jason Cremines. Posted some pretty cool stuff here over the past couple of weeks. Um, my armadillo uh, video has been pretty popular on Facebook. Um, and by the way, that video is one that I recorded personally outside my office. It's not something that I found online or whatever. So go check it out. It's pretty cool. Uh, uh, I have not seen armadillos in real life before in the past. And now that I live in Florida, apparently that's one of the things that you can just see whenever. So, uh, yeah, they hang out outside my office, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. So I, I recorded it. So... There it is. Go check it out. And uh, follow me also on Twitter, Periscope, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, and everywhere else you get your social news. (laughs) Because that's what we do, right? We don't really tune into the news anymore. We just check out clickbait online. (laughs) So, man, what a week. What a month of June. Uh, It was absolutely crazy. I spent the entire month of June learning how to sell advertising, and uh, I think finally we are getting to the spot where I'm going to get that first sale, and then, you know, probably right after we'll get the second and third, too. That tends to be how things go in that uh, that kind of business and sales, that is. Speaking of sales, what do we want to talk about? All right, so I have friends that... um, need help in this particular area you may be one of them if you're listening and that is sales and not just like you don't have to be in sales to need to be good at sales and there's a reason that I say that because the the techniques that you learn in sales are very practical techniques that you can use in your daily life and and you know sales by the way is not a fucking dirty word, all right? To be in sales, you're not a, a grimy, sleazy person, okay? You don't, it's not about that. Um, I think a lot of people think, when they think of sales, they think of that used car salesman on, on Family Guy, you know, that's always trying to pull one over on somebody. Uh, <laughs> and trying to make them pay $10,000 for a $2,000 car, that kind of thing, right? Uh, do those salespeople exist? Yes. Of course, those salespeople do exist. They have existed. I can't say that they exist as much today. They're still out there, but that's not the way that that people do business anymore. Uh, And if you're selling something or you're in a sales role and you feel like you're misleading people or you're lying to people, um, I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way. And if you don't feel good about your job, eventually you're going to suck at it anyway. So it might be a good idea to think about the company for which you work and see if that if that's a company that aligns with your your own personal moral compass. I can't tell you what's right and what's wrong, okay? I can only tell you what I think. <laughs> that's the difference between me and a lot of guys out there, right? Like, they'll tell you, hey, this is the right way, this is the wrong way. No, I don't do that, though. I, I say, look, this is what I think. You decide for yourself, but here's my here's my thoughts on this on this particular topic. So that's how I do things. Hopefully, it helps you to to get that 
uh, brain moving and, and to think for yourself and not to sit around and go, oh, Jason said this, so that must be the way it is. Uh, because <laughs> that's just that's just absurd. You got to think for yourself, people. Don't don't be a sheep. All right. You, you gotta you gotta think for yourself. You gotta ask yourself questions, and you've got to ask questions about all the things that are around you. So be self-aware and be aware of what's around you, and be aware of the fact that not everybody out there has your best interest in mind. So that being said, sales is not a dirty, grimy, nasty, underhanded kind of game. It's just not. Can it be? Sure. But everything can be. I mean, NFL football can be. Right? Display game. Um, <laughs> and I'm a Patriots fan, and I'm saying that. Um, you know, any NBA basketball can be. There's rumor that goes around that says, you know, uh, that kids in NCAA throw games all the time because somebody comes up and throws them some cash or whatever. Is that true? I don't know. I doubt it. But is it a possibility? Sure. I mean, why not? Right? Money can move a lot of people, especially if they know they're not getting into the NBA anyway. I don't know. So um, the point to that was the fact that, you know, just because you're in sales doesn't mean you got to be that used car guy that you see on uh, on Family Guy or, or whatever because the truth of the matter is if you're selling a product or service or, you know, some kind of uh, thing that you believe in, that can actually solve a problem, um, then you're doing you're doing a good job for somebody, right? Uh, like selling cars, for example. Uh, problem, I don't have a car. Solution, hey, here's Jason selling cars. Look, here's a car for you. Bam, done, right? So just because, uh, you know, you have grimy, sleazy salespeople out there doesn't mean that every single used car salesman that you run across or every new car salesman that you run across is going to be a, you know, an underhanded piece of shit. And <laughs> frankly, I'm pretty sick and tired of people feeling that way, to be honest with you. Um, salespeople get a really bad rap. And the reason that they get a bad rap is because back in the, you know, the 50s, um, the 40s and 50s, when horse and buggy dealers became car dealers, you know, they, the, the demand for a car was much greater than the supply. You know, and eventually what happened was car dealers started using this to their advantage and people would slide them a little cash under the table to get moved to the top of the list to be the next one on the list to buy X car, right? Well, not just that, but then advertising started happening too in the late 50s or mid 50s. And um, in those advertisements, they would advertise a car that they didn't actually have just to get you on the lot. That was the bait and switch era. Um, you've heard of that term before, bait and switch. These things aren't, these types of things aren't used anymore. You think that they are. Like, Jason, I've seen an advertisement where they had a car. That, think about this. If you saw something on TV or you saw something um, in the newspaper or you heard something on the radio, is it possible that they put that ad together and the very, very, very same day while they're putting the ad together, somebody bought that car? Isn't that possible? Well, it is. Trust me. It's absolutely possible. Um, used cars don't stick around lots very long. They just don't. So it's absolutely possible. So the point, of the, the point of that is the fact that just because you see a situation that mimics that kind of behavior from back in the 50s doesn't mean that it's, it's actually going on. Again, 
you have those car dealers out there that are shit bags. You have those uh, salespeople out there that are shit bags. But don't don't do the 2018 thing where we just assume that everybody that is in that category is exactly the same, because that's a big trend that I've been seeing over the past five six years, and I think it needs to end. It's bullshit. Um, you know, not all cops are killing people. Not all black people are freaking, uh, you know, criminals, <laughs> okay? They're just not, all right? And, and the fact that you think that, it's just ridiculous. You know, not all Muslims are terrorists. You know, just it's just stupid to even, like, I don't even want to get into it. It's just that, the fact that I even have to bring that up is just ridiculous. So, um, <laughs> you know, not all gay people are child molesters. What do I have to say? It's just... The more I come up with, the more the dumber it sounds. Okay, so stop, stop thinking that everybody is what the news tells you, or what the media tells you, or what your friends tell you, or what your neighbors tell you. Find things out for yourself. Okay, think subjectively. Think for yourself. Um, back to sales. So, so those are some of the reasons that you know salespeople got a bad rap. And then when I when I talk about salespeople, I've so far I've talked about cars, but there was also door to door salespeople. Um, you know, back in the 60s and uh, 70s, made huge numbers. I mean, put huge uh, numbers of revenue up on the board uh, because what they did was they would go door to door and sell to the women because back in those days, women stayed home with the kids and uh, cleaned the house and, and did the cooking and uh, the laundry and all that stuff, right? So back then... You would have uh, Zig Ziglar come to your house and try to sell you pots and pans, right? Well, Zig Ziglar was a good dude, but there are people like Zig Ziglar who weren't good dudes. And what they would do is they would pound this woman over the head until she's like, oh, okay, or they would confuse her. You know, they would say stuff that, that wasn't true. They would lie to her, whatever, to get her to buy, right? And then when she bought, she thought she had done a great thing. But then the husband comes home and is like, dude, what'd you do? You spent $300 on cookware. Why did you spend, we have cookware. Why'd you spend $300? Right? And then they would call the guy up like, look, I made a mistake. And they'd be like, yep, sorry, you're an owner. Have a nice day. Well, that doesn't work anymore. Now we have the three-day right to rescind, uh, which was a law that came out specifically targeting door-to-door salespeople uh, who high-pressure salespeople into buying things and, you know, leave that kind of thing. That, that that used to happen all the time. Doesn't happen so much anymore. Kirby sales still exist. I did it. I've done Kirby sales. You know what a Kirby is? It's a twenty five hundred or three thousand dollar vacuum. <laughs> so uh yeah, I've been in that situation before. I've been in that house before trying to sell somebody a three thousand dollar sweeper. It's difficult. Uh it's a tough gig. Um I didn't believe in it. And, uh, you know, I believed in the product. I thought it was a really good product. But uh, for that kind of money, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't really believe in this. So it was difficult to sell. I think I sold maybe one Kirby the whole time. That actually stuck. The rest of them got, re- you know, got popped the next day because they didn't, uh, they didn't want it. <laughs> they had that three-day right to cancel. Anyway, so um, those, are, those are some of the reasons that sales – it just gets a bad rap. You know, people that look at salespeople like they're bad, uh, they're bad people. You just want to sell me something. And that's not always the case. In fact, I'd say more often than not, it's not the case because the truth is 
that when I go to sell somebody something, I'm trying to solve a problem that they have. When I was selling pest control, they had a problem with pests. When I was selling cars, they didn't have a car, or they wanted a nicer car, or they wanted a newer car. You know, whatever that problem was, I was solving that problem. Mortgages, same thing. I mean, you name it. Um, electrical supplies, same thing. They had uh, a need for the electrical supplies. They needed to also get those supplies at a lower cost. So I was helping to increase their bottom line by getting them the things that they use on a daily basis for cheaper than anybody else. So I was providing a service, you know, solving a problem, advertising sales. People need bodies to come into the door in order for them to make money, to get sales, to, you know, to drive sales, to increase revenue. They need to have new customers. They need to always be appealing to new customers, more customers, right? So what do I do? I sell advertising. What does that do? That gets them their customers. So that's, uh, that's what I do, and that's what sales is all about. That's really what it's all about, solving a problem. And make no mistake. Nothing in the world happens until something is sold. I don't care what it is. The, the gas station doesn't open unless somebody's there to buy gas. Okay? Somebody had to get sold some gas in order for that gas station to even be open and up for business. Right? Same thing with the donuts. Somebody had to sell a donut in order for the donut shop to even have a reason to be open to begin with. Grocery stores. Everywhere that you look, places that you don't think are salespeople, they all have salespeople, all of them. Your gym, the gym that you go to, they have salespeople there. The salespeople are the ones who showed you around the gym when you first went in there, who closed you down on the membership, buying the membership, being a member of their gym, right? So they sold you. Sales is in everything that we do. Nothing in the world would ever move if it weren't for sales. Because, again, nothing happens until something's sold. I'm at work. It's 8.15 in the morning. Well, it's actually 8.13, but I like to go in early. So I'm going to get in here and get busy. We're going to talk um, about specifically what we're talking about today. Uh, we're going to do a sales training session that's probably going to take up a half a dozen episodes starting with this one. And this is basically just an introduction to sales. That's what we're talking about today. An introduction to sales, why it's important, why you need it, how it can help you. So uh, intro to sales, 101. That's what we're doing here. I'm going to go into work and try to sell something myself. <laughs> when I get back out, we're going to talk a little bit more about sales and what it can do for you. And in the meantime, listen to some music. Okay, here we are, July 3rd, end of the day. Uh, I had a nice short day today. They closed the office down at 4 o'clock. Kind of nice. Um, so I'm excited to uh, enjoy this extra hour and a half off, as well as the, uh, the 4th of July holiday. Pretty excited about that. Not sure what we're going to do yet, but I'm sure that we will find some fireworks to watch and that sort of thing, so uh, do me a favor, please do me a favor, and uh, take care of yourselves, man, um, <laughs> do not get out there drunk driving around this week, and whatever you do, uh, make sure that when you do start drinking, that somebody who's not drinking has your keys, uh, I just want everybody to be safe this holiday season, 
and uh, you know, I want to I'm going to make sure that you're still listening to me come next week. Okay, so um, I'm going to see if I can put this particular episode out on the Fourth of July. I think it's kind of a good start for something. So a lot of you might not see it till the following day. So what we're talking about today is sales. Today we've spoken so far about the history of sales and uh, what what it is about the history of sales that have given salespeople such a bad reputation um, in the world, uh, in our society anyway. You know, it used to be back in the day when you were a car salesman, for example, car sales was a very prestigious job for a long time, you know, until a lot of those crazy things that I talked about earlier happened, the, uh, the bait and switch sales, the uh, underhanded, you know, under the table, here, put my name toward the top of the list kind of thing. Those types of things um, created a bad rep, you know, for all the salespeople. So that's kind of why we talked about that. So that's like the history of sales a little bit. Uh, and then um, we also were kind of touching on just a little bit about why uh, or where you would find sales in everyday life. And we talked about the fact that you've got people all around you, every business that you walk into or drive by every single day, every single one of them has somebody who's selling something in their organization. There's sales that drive every organization. Even if that's getting donations or something, that's still a sale. Um, you know, if you want someone to donate to a particular cause that you're you're trying trying to raise money for it's a sale it's still a sales pitch it's a sales presentation and it's a close and that's what sales is you know in a nutshell you have an opening uh, a presentation and then you know the features and benefits come out during that presentation why somebody should make this decision to buy this product or service Uh, and then there's the close which is simply asking for the business so hey this ad is uh, $10,000 and, you know, it's going to help you to increase sales and drive revenue. Um, would you like to buy this ad? That's that's a very basic uh, way of, you know, asking a closing question, closing a sale. Uh, do you want to do this? <laughs> is this something that you can see yourself getting on board with? You know, whatever. There's a million ways to ask the same question. So... Uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing. There's there's sales in everything. If you drive a trash truck, you know, somebody calls in and says, hey, I want to talk about getting trash service set up. Well, they might have an opportunity to call two or three other places and do the same thing, but the person on the other end of the phone is the person doing the selling. They're going to say, yeah, it costs this much, and we can get you started as soon as this time, and, and this is how often we come out to get your trash, and uh, these are the days that it needs to be out. These are the times that we swing by your area. You know, whatever the case may be, they're going to try to sell you on the features and benefits of using their trash service as opposed to somebody else's. Um, And that trash truck is not driving by picking up your trash until you've decided that that's what you want to do and you're going to pay money to do it. So now that guy has one uh, one more stop on his route, right? So oftentimes sales is a performance driven type of um, position, no matter what company you work for. When I say performance-driven, what I mean is most of the time, salespeople get paid a commission, Uh, and that's basically a percentage of whatever the revenue is or whatever the gross profit is on the deal. So 
for example, let's say um, you're in advertising sales and, you know, your ad spot costs $10,000 for the advertiser, you might make, say, 20% of that $10,000. So you sell something for ten grand, you make two grand in your pocket. That's kind of the way sales tends to work. And those percentages can vary depending upon industry, depending upon, um, you know, how good you are. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that those performance-based pays uh, are driven and are written out. So it's going to vary from one company to the next, from one industry to the next. But that's it in a nutshell. Um, now, for a lot of people, that's scary because most of the time salespeople work on a very small base pay, if any base pay at all. Sometimes it's a draw, which we'll talk about later, um, which is basically a – uh, an advance on future assumed commissions. So basically what happens is for salespeople, if you don't sell anything, you starve. You don't really make any money. So um, it's scary for a lot of people because they're so used to, okay, you work X amount of hours, you get paid X amount of dollars uh, at X rate per hour, you know. Um, and that's the way that a lot of people are used to seeing things go down when it comes to their employment. Uh, but salespeople are a little bit different. We understand that some days, some weeks, some months are going to be worse than others and better than others. So we anticipate this and we have to manage our money accordingly, which is one of the most difficult things to do. But if you're good at it, then, you know, you can be pretty successful in sales. So um, that's basically sales in a nutshell as far as, you know, the history of sales, why you're afraid of sales, why you're afraid of salespeople and, you know, where you can find sales in your daily life, right? So the next thing that we're going to talk about is going to be, you know, how do you start out in sales? What is a sale exactly? And, and how does that actually play out in a real-life scenario? So I'm going to take a break because I just got home. I'm going to hang out with the wife for a few minutes and, uh, and, and the kids and the dogs and, um, you know, walk around my 250 square feet of living space. And uh, I'm going to try to jump back on here here in a little bit and throw down uh, a good half an hour segment to add to this episode specifically regarding uh, how a sales transaction occurs from the beginning to the end because I want you to understand that process. Um, understanding the process itself is going to help you down the road to get more organized with your business or with your personal life even when it comes to trying to get things done, especially when it's coming to trying to get other people to get things done for you. So there's a lot of really cool um, techniques that you can use to help you to get things done, get things to where they need to be. So we'll talk about all that stuff here in the next segment. In the meantime, listen to a song, um, have a beer on me. And uh, happy 4th of July, in case I don't talk to you until after. So uh, listen to a song. I'll be back in just a few minutes to talk more about this. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, so now it's the 5th of July. I uh, hope you had an awesome 4th of July. I, I know I did. We actually have uh, several people around the neighborhood letting off fireworks. And it's interesting to be in a different state this year for the 4th of July. Uh, as I've been in Ohio my entire life, now I'm in Florida, and you're allowed to set fireworks off around here, so everybody does, and there's a fireworks, uh, (laughs) 
There's a fireworks manufacturer selling their stuff in a tent on every friggin' corner up to the 4th of July. But anyway, um, interesting experience for me this year. A little bit different than what I'm used to. Uh, definitely very cool. So uh, looking forward to 4th of July next year when I have a little bit more uh, more flexibility with my time and the things that we do and whatnot. So anyway, um, we're talking about sales. We're talking about uh uh, how to get started in sales. What is a sale? So, um, what is a sale? All right, so Webster's definition of a sale is an exchange of a commodity for money, right? What a lousy definition, in my opinion. Um, in my opinion, the definition of sale should go like this. A sale is a transference of value, period. It's a transference of value. Now, what do I mean by that? Okay, so anything can be sold, right? I mean, you can sell anything, air, <laughs> water. You can sell anything, right? Um, every time that something is purchased, a sale takes place. There's a transference of value. For example, when you walk into the gas station, they want 99 cents for your coffee, right? Now, because the 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 investment is so low, the value is so low um in comparison or the investment is so low in comparison to the outcome of which is what you want, that coffee, um for me, coffee is a morning beverage that I drink until about uh 10, 11 o'clock. Some days on, on on my tired days, which aren't very many, uh, which are few few and far between, but on the tired days, I will drink coffee till about noon, um, sometimes a little bit after. But the caffeine in it kind of just like keeps everything going, uh, and I'm kind of addicted to caffeine. I've been I've been drinking caffeinated beverages since I was in my teens, uh, freshman in high school actually. Just started just started. Uh, started started to destroy some Mountain Dew back in those days, if you remember my my locker in high school. <laughs> anyway, so, um, and then in the car business, I was like 20, maybe 21 when I first tried coffee, and I've been drinking it black ever since. So, yeah, I know, you're like, black, ew, gross. No, it's hardcore, man. Uh, but anyway, so, for me, if a, a, a good-sized cup of coffee is a dollar, that's a pretty good value. If the coffee tastes like crap, I don't give a shit. I, I don't want to spend that dollar on that coffee anymore. It's not It's not worth the dollar. Is it worth 25 cents if it tastes like crap? Maybe it is to you. To me, no. It's not that to me. So where I see the value of that cup of coffee is at a dollar. Where someone else sees the value of that cup of coffee might be a dollar fifty. It might be 50 cents. They're still willing to pay for it, but it's not as valuable to them. Right? So a sale is made, right? There's no salesperson involved going, hey, look, here are your different options. Here are the different payments. Here are the different sizes. Here are the features and benefits. No, that's not really going on, or is it? With the uh, signage that's up right behind the coffee pot. Grab a hot cup of coffee, only 79 cents plus tax, right? There's actually a salesperson there. They're just in some kind of a digital form or a letter format, right? 
So there's still somebody there trying to sell you. They got you in the door to begin with, so the sale was made there. But it's a transference of value, okay? Because what I can sell to one person, I'm not going to be able to sell to the next person, right? I'll have tons and tons of examples of this as we go on and talk more and more about sales. But does it have to be money that you trade for whatever it is that you want? No. No. Here's here's a great example. My son is 12 years old. And he's a little bit of an entrepreneur. Uh, he uh, is a little bit of a businessman himself. He'll go to school with a broken fidget spinner and come back with two halfway working phones and uh, a pencil and a dollar and fifty cents in change. <laughs> because the kid somehow is able to describe whatever it is, this broken fidget spinner, um, as having enough value that the other person is willing to give up two halfway broken, almost working phones, uh, a, a pen or a pencil, I don't remember what it was, a dollar fifty and quarters. Uh, <laughs> so he really wanted this broken fidget spinner for whatever reason. Now, how my son was able to spend the value on this being so great that this kid is willing to give up his fidget spinner, I have no idea, or give up his, his two broken cell phones and stuff like that. I have no idea what he said. But he was able to spin it in a way that the kid felt like he was getting the deal. Although Ethan was like, it was a broken fidget spinner. I got two phones. It's like, and I got this, and I got this, and I got that. <laughs> so to me, it was fine. So, yes, money did exchange hands there, but it wasn't about the money there. It's about the exchange of value right there. Does that make sense to you? Right, it's not about the dollar fifty, okay? Uh, when this occurred, the kid was like 10 years old, 11 years old, right? So the dollar and 50 cents didn't mean that much to the kid, right? Didn't mean that much to Ethan, really. Uh, and the fidget spinner didn't mean that much to Ethan, but it meant something to this kid. There was value there. He was willing to give up things that seemed valuable to Ethan in order to get those things that were that thing that was valuable to him. So do you see what I'm, where I'm coming from here? It's a transference of value. You have something that I value, something that I need, that I see value in. Here's something that I have that you need or you want in exchange for this. And that could be money. It could be other goods. It could be other services. Right? Before we had money, how did we, how did we operate? How did we have business before we even had printed dollar bills and, and coins and things like that? How did we still do business? Because... There was still business. It's been around since the dawn of time, right? A guy has sheep, plenty of them. He shaves the sheep, shears off the wool, and sells the wool to uh, a clothing company that makes the, the, the wool into clothing and then sells the clothing, right? What does he sell it for? Well, maybe the person that's making the clothing gives him, the free, gives him some free clothing in exchange for wool. Right? Maybe they have something else too. Maybe they, and not just those that they make clothing, but maybe they also have, uh, you know, maybe they make uh, swords and things like that as well. Blacksmiths. Right? So maybe they trade for that. Whatever. 
you know, if it's just uh, taking the sheep and trading it for the clothing itself, hats, scarves, uh, you know, shirts, pants, all those things that you need to keep your body covered up. And then that guy takes all the clothes that he got from his exchange from the wool, and he goes around and he gets the things that he needs. He goes to the blacksmith, he sees them, and he gets the, uh, you know, he gets the shield that he needs and the armor that he needs. And then he goes to uh, the place that has all the food. He gets all the food that he needs, you know, in exchange for the different, uh, the different textiles, if you will. So that's how that's how life worked back then before we had money. It's the same exact thing that's happening now, right? Exact same thing. The only difference is that now we have social media. Now we have the internet. Now we have dollar bills and cents. Now we have debit cards and PayPal and credit cards and checking accounts and so many ways to pay, so many ways to transfer value from one entity to another. And an entity could be just an individual or it could be a company or an organization. So that's the difference. We're doing the same exact thing that we've done our entire existence as the human race. We just added technology to it. That's all. That's all we did. All right? So a sale is a transference of value. I sell advertising. What's the value in advertising? Well, I have to be able to solve a problem here, right? There's a need. We have to fill the need in order for there to be any value. So, I call up a uh, small, locally owned bank. I tell them that they can align their organization with a team like the New England Patriots. I offer them an advertising spot in an exclusive New England Patriots publication. Now, is that going to help them to get customers into their bank? Well, if enough people are buying the publication, if the people that are buying that publication have a need for money and a need for financial services, which most people do, and if that bank sees the value in that audience, then they're going to say, okay, I can see why or how this would add to the number of customers walking into my bank. So, I'm willing to do this. I'm interested. Okay, now we have an interested prospect, right? Let's say the ad costs $10,000. Okay, I don't know what it costs. We're just saying that for the numbers thing, right? Well, as the small bank, you literally have one location. You're not really expecting to spend a lot of money in advertising, especially not $10,000 in one little spot and one little publication for a football team that you don't even really care much about, right? So the ad costs $10,000, but you're not seeing $10,000 in value in that ad at this point. That's when the negotiation starts taking place, right? Well, what if I could do this? What if I could do that kind of thing, right? Some people say that they hate the whole back-and-forth rigmarole nonsense when it comes to buying a car. Uh, we associate that with buying a car pretty frequently. 
Um, but the truth is you don't. You love it. Stop saying that shit. You love it. It's exciting. It's fun. So stop acting like you don't love it. Anyway, so... The value has to line up. Right? Otherwise... You know, if you have a value surplus or a value deficit, the sale is not made for one of two reasons. Number one, if it's a value surplus, meaning it seems too good to be true, then it probably is too good to be true. So people are skeptical at that point. They're like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to do business with this guy. He seems a little shady. You know what I'm saying? So there's that. If there's a value de deficit, that means that it's not as good as the money that you want for it or what you want in exchange for it, right? For example, someone says, Jason, I have the most awesome, the most beautiful, the most elegant dress you will ever lay your eyes on. You got to wear it 24-7, but I'm only going to sell it to you for five bucks. Are you interested? My answer without even having to think about it is, no, thank you. But, dude, it's only five bucks. Right, it's only five bucks, but it's a dress. I don't wear dresses. Yeah, but it's only five bucks, and it's the greatest dress in the world. It's worth $10,000. But it's a dress. You told me I had to wear it. Not interested in wearing the dress. So the value's not there, right? Might be a great deal. Might be a great dress. But I don't see the value. It's not for me. Right? Now, that can go with anything. Cars, uh, mortgages, advertising, pest control, trash truck company, whatever. That can go for anything. So, um, that is basically the definition of a sale. Uh, and the my explanation of what a sale actually is. Um, we're pulling into work right now, so I'm going to pause this and get back to you here maybe at lunchtime uh, where we're going to talk about the first steps getting started to selling, okay? Okay, it's the end of the day, July 5th, and if you can hear, it's fucking raining now. So this will last for about 20 maybe 30 minutes and it will go away so i'm going to talk loudly and if this is annoying for you i'm very sorry in fact i'll go back and listen before i publish the podcast to make sure that this isn't too much of a pain in the ass it's too difficult for you to hear so we were talking about sales i talked about my definition of sales and what i think a sale is uh and which is of course a transference of feeling as i talked about earlier now we've also been over the history of sales um, and, you know, kind of why you have this idea about sales in the back of your mind, why it's scary to you, um, and that kind of thing. So now we're going to talk about actually selling things, okay? Um, we understand value now and that a sale is a transference of value, and that value has to be, it's like a, it's like a teeter-totter, right? It's got to be an equal value or greater value in order for your customer to want to be able to, to want to do business with you, all right? So I gave the example, if you tried to sell me a dress, I don't care how great a deal it is, I'm probably not buying it, right? 
This goes the same way if you're selling T-shirts. If you're calling up a company that doesn't buy T-shirts or has no use for T-shirts, you're wasting your time, right? If you're calling me trying to sell me a dress, you're wasting your time. You need to know your, you need to know what it is that you're doing. So the first thing that you want to do before you even pick up the phone and make that first sales call, before you get in the car and make that first sales call, that first appointment, what you want to know before you do any of that stuff is you want to know your product or service. Whatever it is that you're selling, you want to know what that is. Not only what it is, but the features, the benefits, the functions, right? What problem am I solving with this product or service, okay? You also want to know how much it costs. How can I pay for it? The different ways of billing. Um, do you accept things like PayPal? Uh, are you cash only? You know, those kinds of things. How can somebody pay for this if they want to if they want to buy it? You also want to know what the warranties or guarantees are associated with your feature or for your products and your services. Uh, you want to know, uh, again, what solutions that the, the product or service is providing, right? Also, what is your return or exchange policy? You know, those kinds of things. What happens if I want to cancel my order? How do I do that, right? You want to know all of those things. Why? Because your customer is going to want to know all of those things. And when it comes to features and benefits and functions, those are ways of adding value, warranties, guarantees, solutions provided by your product or service. Those are adding value. And remember, we talked earlier that it's a transference of value. So the more value you add, the easier it is to ask for whatever it is you want in return. In most cases, we're talking money. All right? So you got to know these things. What am I selling? All right, I'm selling pest control services. Well, what does that mean? Okay, so we want to know exactly what that means. What exactly can my customer expect if I'm selling pest control services? I'm probably going to have to redo this anyway. I'm going to take five and listen to it, and I'll, I'll get back to you in a minute. It's coming down pretty hard. My apologies. Thank you so much for holding on there. <laughs> the rain got a little bit crazy, a little bit too crazy for me to keep going. And, uh, yeah, so it was a little bit uh, a little bit nuts. So uh, <laughs> that was recorded. The last uh, segment you heard there, it was boring, was recorded last week on <laughs> – uh, on the day after the 4th of July, I think. I can't remember. Anyway, so uh, we've had a friend visit from Ohio. He's still here. And uh, let me tell you, it is hard work entertaining a, a, a vacationer. <laughs> we've been to almost every beach there is in St. Pete. So um, I'm sure by the end of this week, uh, we will have been. He's leaving on Thursday. So anyway, uh, back to what we were talking about, which is sales and knowing your product, good or service, whatever it is that you're offering. So we have uh, already gone over the fact that you need to know what you're selling. All right? You need to know what you're selling, what it is, uh, what, how it benefits someone. Um, you need to know, like, everything that there is to know about it. You want to you be the expert on your product uh, or service. That's the way that you're going to be able to get those sales. If you don't know crap, um, you can still sell things, but you're just going to bump into uh, sales accidentally because sales is a numbers game. Um, even if you're not very good at sales and you make enough calls, you're going to sell something eventually. So um, <laughs> so really, 
the best way to sell as much as you can is to know as much as you can about your product or service. Now, if you own the business, you better know everything about it. <laughs> so if you don't, then there's a problem with that. So let's work on that. Anyway, um, so as I mentioned before, this, this segment or this uh, episode is one of several in a series of episodes revolving all around sales and how to conquer that mysterious uh, enigma of sales. And I'm going to, I'm going to close here with this because, um, as I said, it's going to be, uh, several podcast episodes in a row that cover this entire topic. There's a lot of information here, but I'm going to close with this. So sales is scary because of the way that we get paid. Um, and, of the fact that, you know, a lot of people believe that the way to sell is to manipulate people and to, like, get them to do things that they wouldn't do. And that's absolutely not the case. Um, now, we're going to talk about language, uh, positive words and negative words. We're going to talk about ways to present your product that paint a positive picture for your customer so that they're going to want to buy it. Now, am I manipulating the customer? Absolutely not. I'm simply letting them know what I think, how I think the product is going to help them. And then I'm going to let them decide because that's what sales is really all about. Look, this is what I have to offer you. This is why I think it could benefit you. And here's how much it costs. And lastly, how do you want to buy? Right? So that's, a sales presentation in a nutshell. Here's what I've got. Here's why I think it's going to work for you. And here's how much it costs. Here are the warranties or guarantees or whatever, uh, return policy, things like that. What do you think? Do you want to go ahead and take advantage of this? Saying things like, do you want to take advantage of this is simply a way of painting the picture in a positive light. In other words, I want to take advantage of an opportunity, right? So by presenting something in a way and saying, would you like to take advantage of this? You're saying this is an opportunity for you. Would you like to jump on board? So that's a different way of saying it than would you like to buy this? You know, it's just a different way of saying the same thing. You're still asking for the business. So when we're talking about the different words and things, we're using these words as a way because it is very psychological, yes. So we're using these words in a way that we're painting the positive picture. We're, we're showing the customer what we want them to see. Not that we're hiding things that we don't want them to see. Okay, that's not the case. That's not the purpose. If you're trying to hide something and you're, you're doing things like that, then, then you're just being shady and you're not going to sell a lot. Right? You might sell some things, uh, but you're not going to sell a lot because people don't like shady people, period. Just the way it is. I don't like shady people. Do you like shady people? Exactly. So you don't have to be a shady person to be a salesperson. If that's not, that is a, the, the, the most incorrect statement you could make. You don't have to be uh, a shady, sneaky, underhanded, slick person. All right? I'm not. Right? I, I say some things that sound slick sometimes, but I'm not being slick. I'm just being funny. That's just me. All right? Um, and it's the way that I've learned how to talk in my life uh, from being in sales. So uh, we're going to talk about all of the things that, that help you to paint the picture that you want your customer to see. 
um, which is going to help them to make that buying decision. Uh, and I want you to understand that we're not manipulating people here. We're simply showing them the perspective that we want them to see so that it makes sense. If it doesn't make sense to them, it, then it's not going to matter. You're not getting the sale anyway, right? So we present things in a way that, that makes sense. So um, as I said, we're going to wrap up this episode. That's all I have for you to this time. So in the meantime, what I'd like for you to do, you're going to have questions about this topic. I know this, all right? There's a lot of people out there listening to this. Uh, I know for sure. <laughs> uh, some of them are business owners. Some of them are in sales. Some of them um, are in a situation where they need to be good at sales. And most of you actually could benefit from being good at sales. So we're going to uh, talk about this in great detail over the next several episodes. So I want you to um, send me an email if you have any questions, dailydrivespodcast at gmail.com. Really easy. So shoot me an email with, you, with your questions. I'll be happy to answer those. And uh, in the meantime, until I talk to you again, I hope you had a great 4th of July. I hope everybody's safe and all that good stuff. Um, and we'll talk a lot about uh, what's been going on here for me over the next couple of weeks. Now, one thing I do want to mention here before I let you go, those of you who have been listening know that I've been working at this ad agency now um, for uh, six weeks. And you know that I've been chopping at the bit to get that first sale. Well, Friday, that was February 6th, at the end of my sixth week, I sent out my first contract, $18,000 to a labor union, one of the largest unions in the entire country, oldest, longest-running unions. Uh, very excited about it. The contract should be coming back with a signature on it today. Um, so that's my first sale, guys, $18,000 on an ad, so full-page ad. And uh, it was just a beautiful angle. And I'm going to talk about that specific sale and exactly what happened during that sale, why that sale happened, why it went down, because that's going to give you a really good understanding of what I'm talking about here when it comes to sales. So in the meantime, until I talk to you again, thank you for congratulating me on my first sale. Pretty fucking stoked about that. So thank you very much for listening. Send me an email if you have questions. Uh, and again, that's Daily Drives Podcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram. I'm going. I'm doing some cool shit on Instagram right now. A lot of cool content for you. So follow me over there. And until I talk to you guys next time, be good to yourselves and be good to each other. Take care.